Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm Molly Herford, a writer, author, lover of pretty much everything fitness-related. And I'm Peter Glassford. I'm a kinesiologist from Ontario, Canada. And yeah, we're in Belgium, though. Yeah, and shocking, it's raining. It has been raining a fair bit. It has been raining pretty much since we got here. But that's okay, because you have your swim run shoes from Vivo Barefoot. (laughs) Not an actual show sponsor. Um, However, I will say, uh, this fits in with today's guest, which we'll get to in a second, but I just got a new pair of barefoot running shoes. And as Peter said, they're from Vivo Barefoot. They're the swim run series. Uh, So they're made to go in and out of water. They're made to go in and out of water. And I'm actually shocked at how good they are, to be honest. Um, Yeah, they don't really look any different. Like, I have the the normal version of these shoes. And and let's be clear, they're barefoot in that they have minimal amount of sole or padding, but there's there's no toes or anything on these. They look fairly normal for your shoes. You look like a normal person running in them. But, man, I stepped in a puddle that was ankle deep yesterday. And my foot, like, it just, like, the water just drained right out of the shoe, like, mm-hmm. immediately, and my foot didn't get cold. Uh, yes. They also have thermal insoles, which I'm really into right now. Right. Yeah, that would be, I was just doing a bunch of, I guess, research, but reading about, uh, you know, racing, road race, like, running road race, so, like, triathlon, Ironman type thing, and the rain, and, like, the preparation around that, and... The, the weight of the shoe when it gets wet, right? And how spongy it is. And Yeah, these were made to go, like we said, in and out of water. So these have been just like fantastic for here. And I'll say, because they're for swim run, they're actually like pretty meant to be washed frequently. So I've been washing the crap out of them and they still look new because yeah. they're just covered in mud and sand pretty much every time I run right now. Well, that's enough ads for for them but uh but on that note we actually have one of their athletes on the podcast today uh maya tesh who is a professional swim run athlete um i admit i didn't actually know what swim run run was until it popped up in my email feed you know with an email from vivo when they launched this collection since i've been wearing their shoes since i started running barefoot six years ago yeah and swim run is the craziest sport it's pretty cool like you'd think it's just triathlon right like where you swim and then you run but it's not you swim and then you run and then you swim and then you run and then you swim and then you run and you're wearing the same thing you're wearing your shoes in the water you're carrying a a buoy thing that you can pull with you so you can you know stay up in the water and then you also have a partner Oh, yeah, you have a partner that you're tethered to. Mm-hmm. It is legitimately the craziest sport. But these, some of these events, like some of them, I guess now they've come to North America, so there's some in like California, mm-hmm. he said. And so that's that's growing, and, and Vivo is, is trying to help with that growth. Um, Mostly, though, they're in Europe right now. And like ocean, like Sweden, like really cold, but like island to island. So what was sort of piqued my interest in this was that it was sort of a crazy adventure. Like you're, you're swimming like a group of islands, but running across each island and then jumping back in. Mm-hmm. And so like my motivation for the Ironman was that I wanted to swim down rivers and like point to point on rivers. So when I found the swim run, I'm like, okay, this is getting closer to what I'm looking for here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Maya was the world champion. Um, she's also a full-time nurse, although she shifts her schedule to account for her training and for the race season. And she was just super interesting to talk to about how she trains for swim run and you know what a year of that looks like she does a fair amount of cross training so i'd say she's a very good consummate athlete 
Um, and yeah, I just really liked a couple of her tips for taking on swim run, which are sort of similar to triathlon in that you really need to work on the transition of swimming to running, uh, which I mean, isn't exactly the same as triathlon, but people make the same mistakes in both sports. So we, we kind of dive into that a little bit later as well. Uh, we talk about a bunch of cool stuff that she's up to, and it's just a really fun conversation for a sport that until a couple months ago I didn't know existed, but now I desperately want to do. Right. Yeah. So we can dive right into that. Um, and as always, if you head to consummateathlete.com, we'd love to hear your questions for upcoming Q&A episodes. If you have any suggestions of other cool athletes or weird sports that we should investigate, anything like that, yeah, hit us up on the website or at Molly J. Herford or at Peter Glassford over on Twitter. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm so excited that we, we managed to get this in because I think swim run is one of those ultimate consummate athlete kind of activities. So. Yeah, it's a really, it's a fun and adventurous sport, okay. Yeah, so let's, I mean, let's start with you. What is your athletic background that would lead you to something like swim run? Mm, I actually, I tried different sports as a kid. But mm-hmm. I uh, I always felt like super clumsy and weird. So by the age of 12, I didn't do anything. <laughs> and then uh, I started to go to the gym when I was like a teenager again, mm-hmm. or maybe 18, 19. And then I started um, to realize that, okay, training is good for you. Maybe, maybe I should, should start to do some training. But then I studied abroad for a while and, and I couldn't afford like the gym card. So I started to run a bit. And then uh, it's actually like in 2012 where I actually started to try to run for to be better on it. So I don't I don't really have like an athletic background, <laughs> but I um, I like to be outside and I've always liked to be outside. Maybe that's it. that's what brought me to swim run. Okay. Now, where did swimming come in? Did you ever, did you take lessons as a kid or did you just kind of realize like, oh, swim run sounds cool. I should probably learn to swim. No, but actually it's um, uh, because um, the sport of swim run, it's actually born out in the archipelago where where we have a summer house. Okay. Uh, So it's all like, it comes from that island where, where we have the summer house. So when I started to run and I did a lot of, I, I just immediately realized that trail running is better for me. Mm-hmm. So I started to, to be, uh, yeah, and I saw the sport and I was like, hmm, that, that seems cool. So I asked to, uh, to um, if they needed volunteers for the race. Oh, okay. Year. So, and then... I agree. But actually, maybe we should take it like from the beginning. Do you know the do you do everyone in in the US? I know we have some swim run um, races. I actually went to California in January to do a swim run race. Yeah, I was really California surprised actually because yeah. I'd never really heard of it honestly until Vivo Barefoot, <laughs> who the brand that you're an ambassador for, until they uh, came out with their swim run shoe line. I had never yeah. heard of swim run. And then I started looking, I was like, oh, they have it in California. But in the U.S., we're so triathlon focused, I'd say, when it comes to, you know, any multi-sport thing, you would do a triathlon. Yeah. You wouldn't just swim run. So, yeah, let's let's start with what the heck is swim run. 
<laughs> what the heck is Kurman? Yeah, it's actually pretty simple because it's just you you go from A to B um, by running and swimming, but you you do it seamlessly. So you run in your wetsuit and you swim with your shoes. And okay. it's uh, mostly it's like trail running and open water swimming. Um, and it all it all started by like a drunken bet. It was four guys out in the archipelago, and they had a late no- night in the bar, and they were like uh, playing around with a napkin, or this napkin. <laughs> yeah, when, on the yeah on the on the restaurant they had this napkin, and then it's a map over the archipelago. So in the in the uh, uh, one corner of the napkin there's Uta, an island. And in the other end, there's another island called Sandhamn. And they were like, oh, I bet we can do it faster. Uh, yeah, and that's the bet. So they <laughs> um, they challenged each other to go there by running and swimming. And it, the distance is 75 kilometers. Uh, and 65 of them will be running, in trade running, then, and then 10 of them will be um, open water swimming and it's like in the out, outer archipelago so it could be pretty windy and a lot of waves and stuff so yeah but that was the challenge and they it took them they, they had like some weeks to prepare and then um, they did it and it took more than 24 hours so they it's, were too tired to party when they well, yeah <laughs> when they uh, yeah it's so funny because I think that's actually a pretty similar story to how like the Ironman triathlon happened, yeah. right? <laughs> actually, yeah. It's always and, just guys arguing in a bar, man. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Having too much beer. Yeah, exactly. So now are all swim runs that long or are there like, is it like triathlon where there's sort of like a sprint version and like a regular distance and then like a long distance or... Yeah, what are the distances like? This is the like the mother of all swim runs, okay. and it's called Utsala. So that's the World Championships, which is always like the same course, and it goes from Sandham to Uta every year. It's the same. But then, um, with um, the sport has been growing like the last couple, maybe six years, mm-hmm. it's really been growing super, super fast, and a lot of races came up. So now we have sprints from maybe 10 or 12K or even shorter up to like maybe the the, the most, uh, if I think of swim run, maybe the the main uh, race is about 50K, I would say. Okay. For 40 to 50 kilometers, yeah. Okay. Now, is it always where you swim and then you just go straight into the run or is it can you go like run and then like some swimming and then some running and then some swimming or how do, how do you yeah, go that's, between <laughs> that's what it's all about so it's always like maybe you start by running a few kilometers and then there's a swim and then there's a short run and then you swim again so it's like island hopping oh that's so cool uh so no wait do you run with like a swim cap and like goggles on your head yep <laughs> oh man it looks super geeky but it's uh it's um yeah that's the way to go that's so cool and i mean i kind of want to touch on the gear because like obviously that's that's such a big thing uh the wetsuit how how do you what kind of wetsuit is possibly comfortable enough to run in and how do you avoid chafing issues <laughs> yeah um, actually, there's a lot of good swim run 
with it now on the market because it, the sport has just evolved so much. Mm-hmm. So the the typical swim run wetsuit is um, fl- very flexible, like over the legs especially, so you can run. Mm-hmm. And then you you can keep a, you can bring a pool boy. So instead of having a lot of flotation in the wetsuit, you can just bring the pool boy uh, on your leg or t- a in your uh, waist or something. And then um, you have some floating, maybe over like the chest and your stomach, and then the shoulders are flexible again. And okay. also, if the tip, the typical swimmer always has like the zipper on in the front. So when you run, you can just unzip. Oh uh, yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just, so uh, you get a little so more airflow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's so much in the beginning it, we didn't have it so you always had like after your friend can you sit me down and then you had to like help each other and mm-hmm. take it off and it was a really big project and you lost, lost a lot of time now you just unzip it a bit and then you can run and then you just put up the zipper again and you swim okay that would actually also be helpful for triathlon because I find myself pretty often uh, having to ask people to zip or unzip me because I need to use the restroom before the race. Yeah. <laughs> so being able yeah, to get in and out. Yeah. <laughs> but actually in swim run, we're just, uh, sorry to be, if I'm discussing, we're just pee in the suit. Oh, well, peeing because in the, the suit is, is one so thing. It's, it's really the other issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other, yeah, you can do it before the <laughs> You have to be, yeah, you really have to go if you're going to do it in your way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you better be winning that race if you're going to go, yeah. go that hard. Exactly. <laughs> so now, how do you train for it? Do you do a lot of open water swimming? Do you swim in a pool and then like jump out and do sprints around the pool? How, do, how does a normal training week or workout look for you? Um, now I do... Because I didn't really swim before I started with swim run, I um, I I um, I, how, I how do you say I registered for the race, my first race in 2015, and I registered in 2014, and I was like, yeah, I have the whole winter, and I'm gonna take a crawl um, course, so I learn how to swim and blah blah blah. I of course I didn't because I had so much other stuff going on but then spring came and I was like oh shit I need to learn how to crawl so (laughs) I just uh, my first competition was really really I couldn't swim actually but then it was the summer so and we don't have a we only have or only we have a lot of open water in the archipelago so I was just swimming the whole summer Mm -hmm. and and that helped a lot but now during winter you, I, um, I swim maybe once or twice a week. Actually, it's not my favorite sport. <laughs> it's like when you swim indoors, it's so boring. You can't talk to anyone, and it's always cold before you go in, and then you just uh, go back and forth in the pool. And it's, I don't know, it, I don't like it so much. But I, I force myself to swim at least once a week. Mm-hmm. When you swim in the pool, do you just swim like normal bathing suit? You don't like do the wetsuit and the shoes or anything? No, not during winter, no. Mm-hmm. Actually, that brings me back to gear for a second because I have to ask, like, how is it uncomfortable swimming in shoes? Because I can't even imagine doing that. 
<laughs> I don't think they are. It can it can be a bit. It drags you down a bit because they can be heavy. But for me, when with the Vivo barefoot shoes, I don't think it. It's actually almost like being barefoot because they don't weigh so. The the weight is not that heavy, mm-hmm. and uh, there's there's a little bit of almost flotation in them. So okay. I don't think it 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 um, no. I don't even notice that I have shoes, and yeah. I'm also really used to it because I never use the kick. Because when you do swim run, you you have the pool boy and you use your arms to rest your legs for the run. Oh so yeah. The the legs are just behind you, like you forget about them a bit, and then you start using them again when you do the run. Yeah. No, it's funny. That's what I kept telling my my husband. He learned how to swim basically for doing an Ironman triathlon this summer. And he mm-hmm. kicked so much when he first got in the pool. And I was like, man, like, don't, like, the less you can kick, the happier you're going to be when you're, yeah. you know, on the bike or in the run. Like, save your legs. And I don't feel like they yeah, do that exactly. much anyway. No. Um, it's hard to kick, though, for the yeah. breath. Yeah. Really hard to kick. Yeah, absolutely. Do you do any uh, weight training or anything like that? Or do you just stick mainly to running and swimming? Now when I, I actually start, I, I start to train on a really different level if I compare myself to like five years ago when I knew nothing about training or sessions or anything. I just um, went through it and I ran when I felt like it. And But now I, had, I have a little bit more structure in my training. So mm-hmm. uh, at the moment I have like a resting period. It's like um, off season you can say. So I had my last competition in October, the 1st of October in Germany. It was a swim run competition. And then um, I did some some just easier training. And now in November, I will just do some kind of yoga and do some light runs maybe and rest for for some weeks. Mm -hmm. And then in December, I will start to do some weightlifting and like really build up the body again. Mm-hmm. And I just uh, off season, I tend to eat a lot because it's like <laughs> food too. I, th- I think it's like maybe people are a bit like bears that um, bears, you you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. During winter, we need like to be- gain some extra fat, and we need to be like warm and cozy and really recover. <laughs> and <Yep>. then uh, <laughs> you can start do the heavy lifting and really like get a strong body during the winter, and then you start running again. Mm-hmm. and then you can immediately when you run it's impossible to like gain weight because yeah I think you, you just uh, run it off or swim it off mm-hmm. so you will immediately drop it anyway even though you eat so I think yeah so my structure if you ask for that it was like heavy training or like build, building up during mm-hmm. December and January and then start by intervals and and then to be ready for the summer. Yeah. So, what is the swim run season exactly? When do, when does it kick off? It kicks off actually already in April. If you if you look at the swim run world series, it's in uh, April and it's in Croatia. The okay. first one. So it'll be a and little warm the there one. by April, right? Like it won't be freezing yeah. cold or anything. <laughs> No, but then the next uh, the next competition is on Utah in the archipelago, and it's in the end of May, 
and it's never more than like eight degrees, even eight nine degrees in the Ugh. water. So that's a pretty cold race. That's a really cold race. That's a really but, cold race. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the swims aren't like the longest swim. I think it's around six hundred meters or something. So it's not so so many long swims. So you never you get cold, but then you can run and you get warm again. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So, do you do different wetsuit lengths for like different temperatures? So, like for a warmer race, would you do like short sleeve and shorts, and then like the colder one, would you go like full legs? Mm, no, I don't think. Oh, it's like no, <laughs> no. But I think um, if the swims aren't long long enough, I think you lose more time to run, and you get more tired of to run in a, a suit that has long legs because Ooh, it's harder. Yeah. So I think it's better to always run with a short, but we, we can save the arms. I, I, I tend to save the arms for the colder. Okay. Races. So I have long sleeves and then short legs. Yeah. That's actually really similar to, I think, cyclocross racing where uh, people will wear skin suits. So basically like a short sleeve wetsuit. And yeah, in the winter, even when it's super cold out, they'll wear the long sleeves, but they'll just put um, Mm -hmm. like a warming cream on their legs instead of wearing like a long leg thing. Just like exactly. yeah. better moving. I'll, yeah, on that note, do you use anything like, um, do you use like a body glide to like prevent chafing or do you use like a heating cream when it's cold in the water or anything like that? Um, I know I hadn't had problems with it, actually. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it's, if it's cold, I, I, I don't think it helps so much mm-hmm. to... Or actually, I haven't tried, so I couldn't say. <laughs> but I, I think that you. I always get like super red, and then it hurts a lot, and then I don't feed my feet. But then <laughs> I know they're there, so I just keep running, and then eventually they become warm again. <laughs> yeah. So, the worst but is I, when maybe you uh, I should try. Actually, yeah. on a cold cold race, I should try it. Yeah, I think the worst is when you start getting the feeling back into your feet, and you get like the shooting pain. Uh, that's, yeah, that's my least favorite. I've spent a lot of time like in the in the car after races, just like crying, and like my teammates are like, yeah. we, don't, we don't know what to do for you right now." And no. like, it's okay. It's like it's fine. I feet. can't help it. My feet just hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man. Um, oh, what was the next thing I was going to ask you? I'm I like just lost my train of thought talking about different creams and stuff. Uh, so, <laughs> so when you how did you end up coming to using barefoot shoes for the run was it just like okay i'm doing this swim run thing and i clearly need something lightweight or how did you end up finding vivo um it was actually after because the first year i, I started with swim run i also uh, qualified for Atla, which is the world championships mm-hmm. and and uh, after that, I um, I had a stress factor. Yeah, that was that because I always um, liked like um, I felt my my uh, running technique improved a lot when I used zero drop on the shoes. Mm-hmm. So I already I had zero drop on the shoes. I I needed some cushion, and I think I had like a really long step. You can say. Like mm-hmm. my steps were too long, so it was a really bad impact on the the um, forefoot. 
bumps with maybe say. So after the World Championships, I, I, and I also didn't know anything about training, so I just kept on training. Like, I was really tired because it's a super long race. We were going for over 10 hours. But I rested for maybe two days, and like when, when the stiffness in the body gets, went away, I just started to train again. Instead of just resting, eating, sleeping, celebrating, I just kept on training. So my my feet were starting to hurt, and then eventually I had a stretch. I ran a, another race, and my foot was hurting so badly. And then I had a stress factor, so I couldn't run and. I was asking, like, why did I get it? And I started to look at my technique, and I met a guy um, who who worked with Viva Barefoot a lot. Okay. And he told me, like, You're, you need to shorten your step, and it would be good for you maybe to try um, these shoes. And I met Viva Barefoot uh, through him. So, And we started to talk, and I really liked the... the um, their view of running and like the natural movement and how we're built to run and I also I know the anatomy of our feet and I um, so I really it it all made make sense to me mm-hmm. when I when I so so when I when I started to run I I started to just by walking in their shoes and then when I could run again I started to run with them so I just started to live perfect you can say. I'm so glad and you said they, that because I think so many people get them and start like going right into doing runs with them and yeah, are immediately exactly. injured and then are just like barefoot's terrible. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, barefoot's <laughs> it's like no, you just don't know how to because your our feet, like most of people's feet, are really weak because we always walk in like really cushioned shoes and mm-hmm. we be, we. We build up like insoles and for this and that, and then the we the the more you build up around your feet, the weaker they will get. Mm-hmm. Of course, because you don't have to use the muscles. If you if you're in your bed all day, you wouldn't use your muscles. You would just become weaker and weaker. And same with our feet, I think. So, mm-hmm. um, I did like a lot of balance training. You can say I tried to jump on one foot and. Did I built up the small muscles, and then because I had this stress fracture, I couldn't run, so I I was just walking with them. And then when I could start running, I it felt my calves were were hurting a lot because it it has a really big impact before you train the the muscles mm-hmm. <laughs> properly. So, but then since then I have I have been running in them, and I trained more than ever, but I haven't been injured since. So that's nice. Yeah. No, I found, like, while the transition was a little bit, yeah, when you first start running in them, yeah, like, your calves hurt a little bit, but it definitely goes away, and I would say my calves are so much stronger for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan um, of doing that as well. Uh, okay, so going back to the OTO uh, Swim Run World Championships, uh, you won in 2015. Was that your... How many years had you been racing at that point? Uh, May, June, July. Three months. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it was my first season, yeah. But it's, uh, I um, I did train a lot during the summer. I, like, 
I all, all I was doing was just working, training. I ran to work and I worked and with like as a kayak guide, so I, I was out kayaking and I think that's good for the swim muscles as well. Mm-hmm. And I um, I trained a lot and then um, I actually did, I lost my spot because I didn't find anyone to do the race with because I haven't I hadn't been racing. So no one wanted to, no one knew me and no one like believed, I don't think anyone really believed in me or you can say it's hard to find a partner and say, oh, I haven't been running so far and I never swam the distance and I actually, I just learned how to crawl. So it's really hard to find a partner for that race, but I knew I was capable of doing it. So... But I had to give up my spot, and then one week before, a girl uh, called me, or a woman, and she she told me, like, oh, I heard you don't have a partner, I just lost mine. And she's, I didn't know her by then, but she's, like, the best swim runner ever. <laughs> she's super humble, and she's a super good swimmer, and also runner, of course, and uh so I said, yeah, sure. And we met, and she was just so nice and calm, and good and we started with no expectation mm-hmm. or I I guess for me it was just about making it to the finish line and for her she she lost all her expectations because her partner wasn't there anymore and she got me like a rookie <laughs> and then um, when we uh, when it actually it went well during the race but it's thanks to her I think because She's so calm and strong, and uh, so I'm very, very lucky to race with her the first time. So, actually, to get back to this, because I was just going to ask, what is the deal with partners? Why? Why do you you so you need one, and it has to? Does it have to be the same sex? Can are there co-ed teams? How does the partner thing work? Um, it, the partner thing is like a safety thing, first of all. So okay. you can never be more than 10 meters apart from your partner. And uh, a lot of teams use a tether between them because uh, you're, often your partner is like a little bit stronger swimmer or runner. So you can mm-hmm. help each other. During the swims, you can be in the tether and you, you don't have to navigate and you, you can be in the streamline on the swim. And then on the runs, maybe the other partner is stronger so they can pull a little bit on the runs. Okay. So that's that's one thing, and also it's like you. It's about uh, sharing an experience. So the whole swimmer concept is also about like doing something together with your teammates, and that's that's I think I think that's a nice thing to to keep because there's been a l- little bit like should we do single races, and the whole concept just disappears. Mm-hmm. I think. I love that because. You know, to me, like the closest thing to swim run is triathlon, but triathlon is such a solo sport. Even when you can do it as a team, it's always as a relay team where, you know, I would do the swim and someone else would do the bike and someone else would do the run. So you're never really together. But I love that in swim run, you're like with a partner. That's awesome. And it's also really fun because I think if you get really tired or your partner gets really tired, you can always like tap each other and like, come on, okay, I will pull you a little bit now. And then some, maybe you get really tired and your partner has to really tether you for a while. 
Mm-hmm. And you can all you're always stronger as a team, and that's a um, nice feeling. And if someone when it's for a long race like at Blur, for example, and it's really rough. Sometimes you don't see anyone else; it's just you and your partner in out in nature or like in really big waves. Or yeah, you can be anywhere, and no one really understands. But you share this with your partner, so you will always have this this moment together and afterwards you can always feel like yeah I do remember that and you don't really have to to talk about it because you know you experience mm-hmm. the same thing and that's really really nice that's that's awesome actually so I meant to ask you this about the run earlier is it always on trails or is it road or combination or how does the run end up going it's also different from race to race some some swim run races are in uh, like very technical trail parts Mm -hmm. but some parts are maybe on a gravel road or or a bigger a bigger trail which is like more like a track okay and sometimes you have to pass like a road and then maybe there's some asphalt or something so it's it's very different okay which also explains why uh when vivo did the um collaboration with Otia, they have a bunch of different options or a couple different options. So I guess you would choose either like more trail heavy if you know you're going to have a trail race or the like thinner bottomed ones if you know it's going to be road. So that makes sense. Yeah, but I think like the swim run shoe, they have like, because they did like um, like a series of shoes mm-hmm. and one is for like maybe more training when you do the training before oh, and okay. one is for the for the race, the swim run races, and it's for all part of uh, different trails or mountains or gravel roads. You just use the same shoe, and then when you have one for everyday lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So you should you should live you should live barefoot. That's the concept, mm-hmm. which I like because it's really good. Uh, um, because most people, if you buy a shoe, maybe you just buy one pair, and then as we said earlier, like oh, barefoot sucks. It's so hard and. I got injured, but you you really have to to do it a hundred percent. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I admit I'm probably more of like an eighty percent kind of person, where I still occasionally will wear high heels or something like that, but very very yeah, rarely. Yeah. Most of the of time, it's it's yeah. <laughs> but I am a girl, and I do like shoes quite a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited. I I haven't. I just ordered a pair of the swim run collaboration ones, and they'll be waiting for me when oh. I get home in a couple of days. So that's super exciting. I'm, I finally like ripped through my last pair of running ones. So, I've been, yeah, been waiting on new ones for a while now. Um, oh, so the other question I have about swim run is how do you how do you fuel for it? Are there aid stations where you can get food and water, or do you have to carry stuff? Uh, you could carry stuff like I, I always bring some gels in the wetsuit if it's a longer race. Okay. Uh, but most races have stations okay. where you can have a drink or yeah, because yeah, I was gonna a say bar like, or something. Yeah, because in a you know again in a triathlon you'd have the bulk of your food you would eat on the bike, but in swim run I guess you're pretty much eating on the the run. You can't really eat yeah, the water yeah, yeah. so well, so. <laughs> I try to eat a lot before I go into the water and then I imagine like all the food just spreading, <laughs> all the sugar went going out in my blood and like uh-huh. keeps 
to keep focusing on something else and just swimming or if it's cold or something. Yeah. <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense because it would digest, like you could digest while you're swimming and probably avoid a lot of like gut issues or stomach pain. Oh, I think pain. so, yeah. I think I that think makes so. sense. Okay. It's also more important to, to people uh, when they start doing swim runs, they don't realize that they have to uh, eat more or like consume more gels and sugar or whatever mm-hmm. uh, because when it's cold in the water you use a lot of energy to just heat up the body mm-hmm. so you need more than you think oh that's a really good point yeah yeah it's funny how hungry you get <laughs> like swimming in the winter i get out of the pool and i am starving like yeah i i get home and i feel like i'm like that old board game hungry hungry hippos where the hippo is like trying to eat all the marbles that's pretty much me when i get out of the pool yeah. So I get that. <laughs> you have to bring an orange to the sauna. It's the best. Oh, good call. I do not go to yeah. a nice enough pool. We have no sauna. But if, oh, I, if okay. I can start, then <laughs> we, do, we do enjoy when we can get in the sauna. So Yeah. Um, on that, so the other thing I was wondering is you have like a normal job. You're a nurse like in real life. How do you balance training for something like swim run with working a normal job? <laughs> Mm, yeah, I I haven't been working so much, so oh, okay. that's how I balance it. I just <laughs> live more. <laughs> it's very. I think it, to work takes a lot of time, and mm-hmm. I realize we all have to work. But sometimes, whew, I just uh, live on the edge a bit of my wallet. It's uh, yeah, but it's worth it. I think um, it's. You can, I, from some when I had this off season from trading, I can work more. Mm-hmm. But then when summer comes, I guess I would just work a little bit less because there's always like a competition during the weekend and yeah. But I guess you can you can balance it if you're really organized. Yeah, I think it's it's just hard to it's easy enough to get in the training hours, but the recovery I think is where it gets yeah, really hard. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, like sleeping enough, eating well, and then just not being super stressed about training and work. It's just really hard mm-hmm. to do both of those things for sure. Yeah. I I actually don't have any good tip because um, I don't understand the people that are like the superhuman. Yeah. <laughs> who, who does it? They, like they have a full-time job and they're super good athletes and they have kids and they have everything and for me it's like I don't I don't know how they do it (laughs) yeah I can't honestly I can't even fathom like taking care of a dog sometimes so the idea of yeah like whenever I'm you know looking at people who've trained and done Ironman that have like three kids or something I'm just like I have no idea how you did that just it it boggles my mind (laughs) I guess if you do like if you if you really can recover on the the hours you you're set to recover, but for me, it takes such a long time to just calm down and to, mm-hmm. yeah, all yeah. of that takes time. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't have a good, good answer to that. Well, I think that actually is a good answer, though, that there isn't some kind of magical, like, oh, yeah, I use this app and, like, it just changed my life. Like, I don't think that's true. So I, I like no. an honest answer of, like, yeah, it's really freaking hard and you can't really do it. So. But I also think that it's important to remember when you work because 
you only have like a 100% to take of like your time and your energy and your your mind and everything you just have it's just one box you can mm-hmm. you can consume out of so if you work maybe you take 50% of that box and then you have to cook food and you have to go to the grocery store and you like you 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 use up all the things in the box and then you can't use it over so if you start training really hard maybe use 50% of the box do you understand what i'm trying to get with a really bad english uh, no that's actually <laughs> i think But you're completely like, right i love this yeah So if you use too much, you will get really tired. And I, I've been there a lot of times when I think like because I'm a really good organizer. I organize my weeks. I organize my everything, and I, I, I can put a lot of stuff. I have three different three different works, and I have a full time job now. And I do like Mondays I do this, Tuesdays I do this, Wednesdays this, Thursday I should swim, weekend there's a race, and then like. After a month, it's like I'm so tired. I don't want to go to work. It's like I'm super, super, super tired. And then I just realized that I did something every day last week and the week before that. And it doesn't work like that. You have to like have some hours where you just do nothing or take a walk. And you don't have maybe you don't have to train like every day all year around. Maybe off season is really good for a reason. And that you really come back even stronger later. Yeah. So you really need that that rest, and you need to remember that we're only humans. And yeah, yeah, I think that's that's such a huge thing. And I've been trying to remind myself of that lately, where it's like, oh, I should try to sneak in training today, but I'm already at, like you said, like I've used up a hundred percent. Like I'm at zero. Yeah, I could go out. But you're run. super tired. Yeah, exactly. Like, I could go do it. I could make it happen yeah. or I could sit and just read a book and like enjoy like an hour that will recharge me and make me feel so much better than having, yeah. you know, gotten in that workout. But yeah, put myself in that energy deficit because I've used 130% today instead of 100. So. But maybe for us, like we train a lot and people listening to this podcast, they're like outdoor people or sports people and really mm-hmm. active and we like to do stuff all the time. And we can remind ourselves, like, it's okay to just stay home, sleep on the couch or yep. for one hour, read a book or just take a walk. But for other people, there's like, hmm, you need to find the balance to who you say. But, but I think for for people like uh, us or the people who listen to this podcast, it's okay to just rest. Sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's It's so funny. I I was just writing two articles that were sort of about that. One was like how to sneak in 30 minute running workouts. And the other one was like how to add, you know, 10 ways to add 20 minutes of working out to your day. And the one was for people who, yeah, just are kind of couch potatoes and don't work out, how to kind of get Mm -hmm. them working out for just 20 minutes a day. And the other one was almost telling people hey, you got, like, it's for the people that run seven days a week. And the article is actually more focused on being like, guys, you can take a day off. So one article was like, hey, calm down, like, go enjoy, like, you know, watching a TV show. And the other one was like, get off that couch and get outside. Yeah. (laughs) And it was just really funny writing almost the same thing, but for totally different audiences. So, 
Yeah, and but yeah, what over. what came as like a twenty minute workout for the one group that doesn't work out was like the easy workout for the runners that run exactly. too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah, it's. Um, I think also it's not, because when I don't work as a nurse, I coach a lot of like running groups or, for example, we have I work for um, we have a community uh, that's called Never Stop Stockholm, and I'm the manager of the the whole community. It's um, um, from the North Face. So mm-hmm. we encourage people to, to set up like outdoor goals, for example, climb the mountain or hike uh, or be able to run for 10K or yeah, different, out- it's supposed to be outdoor goals. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have every Wednesday training sessions that is for, I mean, people come there some people are like super strong and they train a lot during every week and some people they can even run for one minute without like oh i'm dying (laughs) so we put put up sessions that is like for everyone and everyone is so tired at the end and they really yesterday it was just pouring down rain and we did some sprint intervals with strength um exercises in the mud and people were just doing the push-ups in the mud and they were uh, like yeah i have to, have to book the longer station tonight and it was like yeah come on and it's so fun to really encourage people to go out mm-hmm. people who are not used to be out like city people yeah i i will say that's actually uh that group that you run is why i was looking at how far away stockholm was because it's like that looks like so much fun i want to go hang out <laughs> And then I realized yeah, it was like a five-hour flight from where we'll be. So probably not going to make that, but it looks amazing. <laughs> if you're in London, you can try Never Stop London. Oh, there we go. Well, have to maybe check that out while we're there. That's a good idea. Because uh, it's the same thing. And it's, uh, I know the coaches, they are really good. So okay. you should definitely go. Check them out on Facebook. They're oh my super gosh. Funny. I'll be so jet-lagged. It'll be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay. it'll get it'll get us going and get us maybe some good recommendations on where to go while we're there. So that's that's a good call. Um, yeah. And then, so beyond swim run, actually, well, including swim run, what are your goals for this upcoming season? Mm, my goals. It's always about like, of course, being. Uh, I I shouldn't say better because I think. It's always it's it's already a good, but it's always fun to like see how much you can uh, improve mm-hmm. in the, in like running and sw- for me swimming definitely because I'm not a really good swimmer, so I I always I can always improve my swimming a lot. But then I have uh, so I have some races during the swim run series that I'm going to do, and of course I aim for the the world championships. It's always like. A goal to it would be really fun to win it again of course that's the biggest goal mm-hmm. uh, and at least like with that course you can always uh, fight against your own i've done it twice and the first time we won and it was 10 hours and 26 minutes and the next year i came third but we were uh, in finished in nine hours and 48 minutes so we were 42 minutes faster so you can always improve your time and and um, see if you get stronger in that way. But then I have some, some uh, like this, uh, you, you, you were asking about the goals for next season, didn't you? 
Yes. But I'd also love to know, is there any other like sport that you're kind of interested in trying out? Like does the idea of mud run or triathlon or anything like that appeal? Or are you just like all about swim run right now? No, but I I really like running. It's my, that's my favorite. So some sky race or like doing more uh, just pure trail running races. That would Mm -hmm. be really nice. And then I'm also really, um, I, w- I would like to learn how to bike, like mountain bike, because I'm, I always just fall over and I have so many bruises. Actually, my grandmother <laughs> she said last summer, she was like, Maya, I don't allow you to go in the, mo- in the woods with that bike because you come home and it's just blood and bruises. <laughs> so I, I don't understand how I can be so bad. I think I'm a little bit scared, so I go too slow and then I just fall over. Yeah, and, that's, um, that's my problem as well. So I feel you there. <laughs> yeah, so maybe improve my mountain biking a bit. <laughs> but then I also have a really big passion for ski mountaineering. That's my, like, after trail running, ski mountaineering is definitely a favorite. Oh, cool. Yeah, awesome. so I'm doing a race. That, uh, we have, like, the Swedish championship, you can say, in ski mountaineering uh, and it's in April so I'm going for this one and then I'm, I'm looking for some races maybe in Italy where I really like to ski as well so maybe some more ski ski more races as well cool that sounds that sounds yeah. pretty good um, that's really fun sport <laughs> yeah that's awesome and then the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on is just do you have any tips for anyone who is thinking about doing swim run, you know, maybe like knows how to swim and, you know, runs pretty regularly? Yeah. Just any advice for somebody about to do their first race? Mm, I would do my first race, like a tryout because many people ask me like, okay, I run this fast and I, I can't, I know how to swim. Do you think I could be in the top or I'm um, like, yeah, maybe <laughs> you you are a really good runner, but it's always it's um, a lot about like the transition. Mm-hmm. So to be fast in and out of the water because there's so many transitions for Ursula. There's 26 islands, so you have to jump in and out of the water a lot of times, and um, bring as less gear as possible because mm-hmm. everything you bring you also have to carry along the whole course. So. Yeah. <laughs> A simple thing as not wear, not wearing goggles when you swim. I don't use goggles. Why? Of course, you need them. If it's really salty, you need the goggles. But for, in Sweden, we have like the water is not so salt, so you can always go without. I mean, there's like one um, one thing left to to fix with. So you just I just have my pool boy and I put it between my legs and I just uh, throw myself out in the water and then my paddle. But they, I always run with them on my hands, so they're always ready. Oh, and then man. Cap. Wait, okay, so I've got to get back to this goggle thing for a second. How do you keep your eyes from just free, not freezing? Like, I feel like any kind of chilly water, my eyeballs would just be frozen. Yeah, that's actually, people don't realize that that's actually a problem. Because when you come up after, like, a re, uh, longer swim, and your eyeballs are cold, you can't see a thing. It's like you have a white sheet before your eyes, and everything is, like, really light colors. And you feel like, okay, maybe I'm starting to get blind, but then it will come back. But um, sometimes you can 
I don't think you, you get so cold. Mm-hmm. So I guess also we're having that tether to your partner would be helpful. Just like, I can't see, yeah. just run ahead of me and I'll follow you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's crazy. No, but you can, you can um, close your eyes maybe when you're underwater and then just look out when you, when you navigate, mm-hmm. I guess. I think that's actually amazing advice, the just practicing getting in and out, because I know yeah. even, even for triathlon, the amount of people that I see that stand up as soon as they can touch the bottom, like they're still neck deep in the water and they'll yeah. touch the bottom versus like just claw your way until you can grab the bottom of the exactly. the thing. Like to me, that saves so much time and energy, but no one practices that. So most mm, people wouldn't no. know what to do. That's amazing advice. I love it. Awesome. I'm so glad we we managed to make this work. This is this is my new I don't know, this might be my new sport. We'll see how much I like the new shoes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you're gonna love them. If you have if you've used Vivo before, you will like them because it's like the same the same uh, shoe. They're really soft and yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I do like them a lot. Now I've been Vivo obsessed for years, so that's why I was. Oh. That's how I found Swim Run, and that's how we found you. And yeah, I'm super, super excited about this. This sport seems amazing, so I think it might be our so next challenge. So when are you challenge. coming to Sweden to do the to yeah. do a race? We'll see. I got to look at this calendar now. Well, seeing that they have one in California, I was like, oh, that's that we could make happen. I don't know. So, yeah. well, I would recommend like there's one in Isle of Philly. I okay. haven't been doing it myself, but uh, it looks really spectacular. And then there's also one in, in Switzerland, which it's one of my favorites when you run up and down in the mountains and you swim in like this up uh, small lakes between the mountains, which is a bit cold sometimes, but very, very beautiful. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to try one of these races. It sounds really yeah. cool. Check out the World Series and just yeah. pick Pick from the goodies. Yeah, close my eyes and just point at one, and that's that's what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. All right, last thing. Where can everybody find you on the internet? Um, mostly I just use my Instagram, and mm-hmm. it's my name in one word, so Maya Tesh. Yes. And uh, I do some blogging as well. For example, I'm, I'm trying to to write a bit about um, a really big adventure I did this summer and I will put everything uh, on the blog. I went to Tajikistan and um, we did a world record in the in the swim run in um, cool. like the, high, the highest swim run in the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to write a bit about that and it will be on my blog and it's myatesh.wordpress.com. Perfect. And yeah, we'll have all of that in the show notes. And yeah, your Instagram is awesome. It definitely also made me like, okay, swim run. Yep. That's what we're doing next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. Awesome. I hope to see you on the race. Sometime. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting. This was great. And yeah, I'll keep you, keep you posted on when we get the show up. Thank you. Awesome. And have a safe flight over to London. Oh, thank it's you. It's a long one. Yeah, I'll check out. I'll have to look into this Never Stop London thing and see what they've got going on. Yeah, but do it because I think it's really a fun. Oh, I know it's fun because I met the guys and I do the same thing every Wednesday. So it's really fun. Do it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, we'll chat soon. (laughs) Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
Health IQ is a life insurance company that promotes a health-conscious lifestyle through financial rewards. They've used science and data to get lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people just like you, including those who exercise four times a week through cycling, weightlifting, swimming, running, whatever consummate athlete lifestyle you're, you're undertaking. Research has shown that people who are highly active through exercise have a 22% lower cancer risk, 50% lower heart risk, and 34% lower risk of early death. Many people who exercise regularly don't realize that they can get a special rate with Health IQ if they qualify through the Health IQ quiz. Health IQ has special rates for cyclists, runners, triathletes, vegans, and other health conscious people, so you can qualify by scoring elite on quizzes for specific lifestyles. Essentially replacing BMI with waist to hip ratio for better predictors of cardiovascular disease when it comes to weightlifters and muscular builds. That's great for me. They also have replaced the LDL-HDL ratio with triglyceride to HDL ratio for low-carb and paleo dieters, which is a better predictor of cholesterol health, and they don't take into account one incidence of family history if you're otherwise healthy. So, go over to healthiq.com slash capod. All lowercase. And take that quiz. Um, They have a bunch of different quizzes on the website, and the website's pretty well designed, so it's worth heading over there, checking it out, and again, using that link, healthiq.com slash C-A-P-O-D. Thanks so much for listening to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. We would love if you would head over to iTunes and leave us a review, and while you're there, consider subscribing. We'd also love to connect over at Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Molly J. Herford, and Peter is at Peter Glassford. If you have ideas or questions from today's podcast, or you just want to browse some of the show notes and past shows, you can also check us out at consummateathlete.com. Thanks, guys, and we will see you next time.